Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Optimal Bio's Wellness Podcast Series. Today, we are honored to have Kyle Fitzgerald, founder of Clean Kitchen Nutrition, who is here with us today, along with Tyler, to discuss food and why it's so important to all of us. So, Kyle, welcome, and tell us about yourself and why you're uh, why you decided to go down this road. Yeah, so thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. I've I've enjoyed watching. Uh, your guys' podcast. So happy to be invited on here. Um, so a little bit of background about myself and kind of why I was motivated to start this um, social media platform. So I grew up in Cary, North Carolina, um, always played a lot of sports growing up, always ate pretty well for the most part, at least I thought I was. Um, played tennis in high school, went to NC State for both undergrad and graduate school, uh, majored in accounting in undergrad, and then I got a master's of accounting also from NC State. Um, so my college experience was kind of when I started to get into this healthy eating and nutrition. So my sophomore year of college at NC State I started to experience uh, this back pain across kind of my lower back. I would wake up and have this pain and just really didn't think anything of it and just kind of would stretch it out and move on. Um, went to a few different doctors. They basically just prescribed me steroids and different pills and was like, all right, take this. Uh, hopefully it gets better. We'll see you back in a couple of months or whatever it is. Um, so went to a few doctors, never really got better, but kind of just put it to the side because I was in college having fun, doing whatever. Um, and then started to get some more stomach pain and some GI issues kind of junior year of college. And um, finally went to go see a GI doctor, got a CT scan and then a colonoscopy and found out, I think it was in 2017, I was diagnosed with Crohn's. Um, and for those who don't know what that is, it's basically just inflammation of the digestive tract and it can be anywhere. Um, so basically I was like, all right, whatever, not a big deal. We'll get through this. I'm sure there's, you know, the medicine I can take and we'll, we'll get right past this. Not a big deal. Trying to look at the positives of it. Um, so of course, you know, tried a bunch of different types of medication, all this other stuff nothing really worked. Long story short, I finally found holistic medicine, you know, functional doctors and this whole approach to nutrition, lifestyle, um, good sleep, all of this different stuff goes into making someone truly healthy and how you can heal with these different types of tools. So let me, let me walk you back for a second. So yeah. you go through the, the diagnosis, you're talking to traditional doctors, they're prescribing these medications for you. Are they also, are you asking them about uh, alternative ways to heal? And are they referring you to other doctors or are you just keeping that quiet you know, to yourself and just kind of going through the motions with them? Yeah, no, great question. So the first few months, I didn't really know about anything about functional, doc functional doctors, holistic health, all of this stuff. Um, so I kind of just was going with whatever they, whatever they told me. And it was always, they were always a little, a little intimidating with like the different words they would use and all this other stuff. And half the time I couldn't even understand what they were saying. Um, but when I finally found out about, you know, holistic health and nutrition, uh, I remember one day going into the doctor's office and telling them, Hey, I, you know, I really changed my diet. I've been eating, you know, real foods, real fruits, vegetables, meats, chicken, all this other stuff. Um, and I am starting to feel a, little, a lot better. And I was like, I even did a two day water fast at one point. And that my GI doctor looked at me like I was absolutely insane. Like she was like, you didn't eat food for two days. And I was like, yeah, I was like, I felt pretty good. And she was like, okay, we do not want that to happen again. I was like, okay. And then in regards to the diet, she just totally blew it off. Like didn't even acknowledge it. Like she's like, oh, okay, that's good. But what was her concern about the water diet? She, she just said, we don't want, we don't want you not eating for two days straight. So wow. Like, okay. Yeah. She, she really, she didn't have any reasoning. 
I was like, I, I was trying to tell her, I was like, it could be great. Like, it's a great reset tool for your gut and all this other stuff. She was like, so she just blew it off. How did you get the idea with the holistic piece of it? You know, was it something you were just doing on your own that you were motivated to do? Or did somebody or something influence you to do that? Yeah. Um, there wasn't really something or someone. I just remember, and I can clearly remember this, I was getting an infusion um, for one of these medicines that I tried. And I'm sitting in this, this room. It's like these recliner chairs. And it's like four or five people sitting around me all getting infusions and they all just look so sick and not, not good. And I'm just like, I came to the realization. I'm like, there has to be a better way. Like this, this can't be the only option. And just honestly, with a few quick Google searches and different stuff like that, I found holistic medicine. So. And then it did take you a while to find the right holistic doctor. Yeah. So I definitely, so I've, I've worked with two uh, doctors in the past and honestly the doctors, yes, they're super helpful, but you have to do a lot of finding and research on your own in order to figure out what's wrong or what, not what's wrong, but how you can heal and everyone's different. Everyone needs different things. So you really kind of, yes, Functional doctors are great and they're a great resource, but you have to be your own doctor and you have to look after your own health and figure out, okay, what's wrong and, you know, address the, the problems. So. Yeah. Because Tyler, you were, on a, you were on a similar journey, correct? Very similar. Yeah. So back in uh, end of 2017, beginning of 2019 also got very sick and um, like Kyle grew up very active playing soccer you know, healthy. My mom always cooked, you know, at home dinner. And um, long story short, by the middle of 2018, I could barely get out of bed. I'm a very active person. I have a lot of energy. I had migraines every day. I had acne. I never had acne in high school. So why am I having it now when I'm 27? Um, and horrible, horrible gut issues. Uh, one of the symptoms, I literally felt like I had a knife through my stomach. And so same type of thing. I was like, I'm a person that I never, I never go to the doctor, which is ironic since my dad's a doctor. But um, one of the other huge symptoms was brain function. Like I could not fully think. And one point I was standing in the post office, sending uh, a patient some supplements and I couldn't remember our office address. And I was like, either I have brain cancer, I'm going to die, or I should actually call a doctor. And so my first thought was, okay, I'll go to a GI doctor. Thankfully, we're in Cary, Raleigh, we have some of the best doctors. I went there, and it was horrible. She just was kind of just like, okay, here's some prescriptions. And I was like, one, I don't want to just be on prescriptions, but two, like, what is causing this? So long story short, I went to a third doctor. She's actually up in New York. I found her just through research and she's been incredible. It's definitely a journey of all different things. But um, so, yeah, I totally get that. But like Kyle said, you have to become your own advocate and you know how you feel and works best for you because you're, you know, as you grow up, you go to the doctor and you listen to them. And I'm not saying you shouldn't listen to doctors, but you really have to realize you have to be your own advocate. You know yourself and you need to find the right doctor, the right process, the right journey um, that's best for you. So Kyle, you're obviously on your way to, uh, to recovering and, um, you know, you probably have some, a diet regimen, which I think we'll get into a little bit later on. Um, but as you're going through this, you know, suddenly you decide that, and I think your sister's involved, Carly as well, um, that you really want to share, you know, your information uh, and then hopefully share other information with the public. So tell us about TikTok and Instagram and how this all got started. Yeah. So, um, for, so when I was first diagnosed, like I said, I was kind of like, all right, we'll, we'll, we'll get through this. It's whatever. And then I found functional medicine all this nutrition, healthy lifestyle. Um, but the thing that really interested me the most, which is Tyler kind of touched on it, what, what's the root cause? Like, why did I get this in the first place? Why did I have this inflammation in my intestines in the first place? 
So I looked to the food I was eating. What are, what are the ingredients in the food at the grocery store? Where do they come from? And what are they doing to our bodies? So for the last three, three and a half years, I've been researching and reading about ingredients. Like I just said, what they are, where they come from. And finally, it was April of 2021. So about four months ago, my sister Carly and I decided to share all this information that we've learned over the years and create a TikTok and Instagram account, kind of sharing our knowledge, going to the grocery store, making it easy for people to identify which ingredients they should look for versus the ingredients maybe they should be avoiding. Um, so as far as how it came about, Carly and I had been, and, and Carly's my sister, she, she also has a passion for nutrition. She, um, she's currently a nutrition major at UNC Wilmington. She's been super helpful. We go to the grocery store together, all this other stuff, which we can get into. But we had been talking about it a couple times back and forth. Like, wouldn't that be cool if we kind of started our own social media thing? Just because we already go to the grocery store all the time and just walk around and read ingredients. Like we would go to a grocery store and just walk around for an hour and just, just read ingredient labels just because it interests us. Um, not even like buying a whole bunch of stuff. So we had talked about it and I remember the moment I kind of made the decision that, that it was something we should do. I was sitting, uh, scrolling through TikTok as most people are doing nowadays. Um, and I come across this video of this guy and he's like, okay, we're going to the grocery store and I'm going to show you guys some healthy alternatives to lose weight. So I'm like, okay, let's, this is, this interests me since I already know so much about ingredients. And I think the first product he shows, it's like, okay, don't eat this Hershey's chocolate, eat this no calorie Hershey's chocolate, like zero calorie or like no sugar or something like that. And I was just like, oh my gosh. And this had like hundreds and thousands of views. And I'm like, this, this kind of hurts me. So I think literally the next day I told Carly, I was like, Carly, we're going to the grocery store. We're filming a bunch of videos. We're starting a TikTok. We're going to teach people how to read the ingredient label and what to look for versus avoid. So that's kind of how it all started. How many followers do you have now? So on TikTok, we're up to over 600,000. And then on Instagram, I believe we just hit 55,000. So, and this is all within the last four months. We, we and, and starting off, we, we didn't think anything of it. We were like, this is get, just going to be totally for fun. Even if 10 people see this video, like we'll be happy. We'll, we're, we're making a difference in what people eat. Um, and then it just, it took off so fast. That's absolutely amazing. And just for the audience, you didn't hire uh, an influencer or, or, you know, spend any money on marketing. You just simply went out and made these videos and put them out there. Yeah, literally didn't spend any, didn't spend a dime. Went to the grocery store, videotaped it on my phone. Carly was super helpful. She, she, she t told me about all the different editing apps and how to use TikTok, how to use Instagram. I had no idea how to use any of these things. So um, no, didn't spend any money or anything, just making videos and using the, uh, the knowledge that we knew. So. Okay. So for both of you, let's kind of walk down the cereal aisle right now. And, you know, as from a brand perspective, you know, there's certain cereals that are perceived as being, you know, super healthy for you. And I'll call them, um, you know, stealth foods, so to speak. Well, in reality, they may not be as healthy for you. So Kyle, give me an example of one and Tyler, you as well. Yeah. So, um, you mean a cereal, a cereal specifically or kind of? Yeah, you know how they, especially for kids, I mean, they're promoting all these healthy options for kids for cereals and, you know, that you're going to make them you know, less sugar or whatever yeah. it is. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. So. So you walk down the cereal aisle and a few of the ingredients that you're almost guaranteed to see is a bunch of added sugar and then uh, refined white wheat flour. Um, so, you know, things like Cheerios, Lucky Charms, all these Kellogg's, General Mills cereals. And 
they advertise on the front, oh, heart healthy. But really, if they pay enough money, anyone can get that heart healthy little emblem on the front of the cereal box. Um, and this is what we're telling our kids to eat filled with these added sugars. Even a lot of them have artificial colors and different stuff like that. Um, so cereal in particular is one of the hardest things to find a good, clean version of. You, you can definitely find more online, but in terms of 95% of the cereals, you're, you're not going to find a good one. It's going to be filled with all of these terrible ingredients. Yeah, to add on to that, I feel like, like you said, like food is basically mar marketing and you can market anything. There's really no regulations if you want to dig into it. And so that's what I would say. Just watch out. Any, I feel like anything that says gluten-free these days, it's just like, oh, it's like, okay, cool. There's no gluten in it supposedly, but there's everything that's added. So that doesn't make it healthy. Whole grains, like raisin bran. Um, so I would say, yeah, just do not go down the cereal aisle. There's like three um, healthy ones that I feel like you can find at like online or Whole Foods. But yeah, I feel like heart healthy, gluten free, low sugar, sugar free, protein. There is adding anything on the label so people think it's healthy when in fact it's absolutely not. Yeah, that's. That's so true. It, these companies are taking advantage of all these uh, these terms nowadays, you know, keto, paleo, low sugar, whatever it is, even low fat, like people think fat's bad, but you know. Yeah, like one cereal I do love is magic spoons because there's yeah. no added sugars, there's no weird oils. It really is grain free. And, um, and I would go back, this is the last thing I can say about cereals, but for example, is they're all made from grain. Grain is sprayed with Roundup. Monsanto is getting has had paid out billions of dollars for cancer, and there's another lawsuit going on. So I think the biggest issue is that we think the FDA cares about our health or the food industry does. As a general rule, they don't. So you have to really do your own research, flip around the box, and the least amount of ingredients is what you should buy. And if you don't know something, just put it back on the shelf. You probably shouldn't be eating it. Yep, hundred percent. So, Kyle, with your Crohn's, uh, you know, what's your take on gluten free? Yeah. So, as soon as I found the whole nutrition, healthy lifestyle, and all of that, I cut out gluten and dairy right away, just because those were always the two most popular things to cut out. People are the most sensitive to these things. Um, so, I cut out gluten right away. I definitely felt a difference immediately. Um, but if I have gluten every now and then it's not a big deal. I, I avoid it 99% of the time, but it normally doesn't cause me too many problems. Um, and if I do eat gluten, then I, I try to get sprouted, um, like whole grains, like Ezekiel bread or something like that. Um, sprouted is just easier to digest and more absorbable by the body. And so I'm the opposite. So I do not eat any gluten. I have celiac, so I literally cannot eat gluten. And like Kyle, he does pick the Ezekiel bread. So he's not just eating random gluten because that makes a huge difference because gluten stays in your body for 90 days. So if you're trying to be gluten-free and you just have a piece of white bread or some random cereal, that's going to now enter your body for 90 days. And especially if you're sensitive to it, that's kind of putting your progress back. And what people don't realize is gluten was used as glue in the Roman empire. So it's not good for your body and your body can't digest it. Again, if you don't have celiac, Ezekiel bread, great, because it's sprouted, it's literally from the ground and your body can't digest it. And then dairy, yeah, I very rarely eat dairy. And if I do, it's organic and it's um, goat cheese or sheep because it's less processed and less hormones that are added. Mm -hmm. So Getting back to Tyler's earlier point, Kyle, with gluten-free, obviously the goal is to try to offer as much variety as possible and dairy-free for that matter too. And, but it also has to taste good too. So how do you uh, pick, you know, the right items to eat um, uh, where, you know, it's just not loaded with a bunch of stuff that you don't need? Yeah, right. So, I mean, you, you got to look at the ingredients, like Tyler was saying, just because it says gluten-free doesn't mean the ingredients that go along with it are healthy. I remember I picked up a, it was a, one of those gluten-free wraps, like tortilla wraps, and looked at the back and it was like 
a huge list of ingredients and half of them you, you, you can't even pronounce. Um, so it's definitely a challenge to find healthy options that are also really good tasting. So you're not sacrificing the taste um, for those healthier products. But luckily, a lot more companies nowadays are coming out with more and more healthy products, you know, tweaking their formulas, making them a lot, making them taste a whole lot better and making them such an easy alternative to a lot of these traditional foods that we're used to eating. Yeah, I think when people say, well, it's so hard to eat healthy or gluten-free or dairy-free mm-hmm. or organic um, because, and it doesn't taste good. It's just one, it, you have to research. So you have to take responsibility and figure it out. And because now there's nothing that I feel like I missed or because there's so many, so many good companies, so many good options. And yes, of course, it's at Whole Foods. Whole Foods has a great but variety, but now it's so many stores, Harris Teeter, Wegmans, Food Line. It's just, you have to put the research in and mm-hmm. figure it out, but the options are there. So I feel like even just a few years ago, the options were so, so limited. But with companies like Simple Mills, CHA, like I'm so, so thankful for them. And more companies are coming out because they're realizing that people want transparent, organic, good tasting food. Mm-hmm. And, and that was the reason we kind of made this whole social media platform too, is because we would always get people, you know, family, friends or whatever coming to us saying, oh, it's so hard to eat healthy. Like, how do you eat healthy? It's like, well, we've been doing it for so long. Like we don't think about it. It's second nature for us, but we're like, oh, maybe we can help these people. We can go to the store, tell them what brands are good. And honestly, which ones taste the best. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> right. Cause we're not out here saying, oh, you can only eat chicken and broccoli yeah. every day. Like that's yeah. not life. That's not realistic. And I honestly don't even think that's good for you. Exactly. Yep. hundred percent. Okay. So Crohn's obviously in a, Tyler with celiac, what's your definitions of clean? Because they're going to be a little bit different, correct? Yeah. Yeah. You want to go ahead, Tyler? So, for instance, so I have celiac and I have SIBO, which is small intestinal bacteria overgrowth. So, long story short, my my colon did not work properly. So, that means I can't eat um, gluten, obviously, because of celiac. And then for SIBO, which is not the same for Kyle, like I can't have any type of like probiotics and food like kombucha like absolutely not um even like uh gluten-free grains i really limit those two um like keto a lot of fats can't digest them so i really so those could maybe i feel like we're pretty similar across the board but those are some main things that um i cannot so yeah anything like i wish i could have kombucha like things like that i cannot have um, so those are the main things and no gluten, but I feel mm-hmm. like everything else are probably pretty similar. Yeah. So uh, when people, and we get this question a lot, kind of, okay, what is, what do you mean by clean? We say, well, it means eating nutrient dense whole foods whenever possible, and then limiting the processed food. So something I always try to ask myself and I tell our followers to ask themselves before they eat something is does this have nutritious or nutrition like what's what are the ingredients where did this come from and is it going to provide my body with the appropriate vitamins and minerals that i need to you know have energy throughout the day or sleep well or all this other different stuff Um, so nutrient dense whole foods is definitely the way to go and then like I said, limiting the amount of processed foods if possible. But luckily nowadays, a lot of the, there's so many different snacks and other processed foods that are having clean ingredients. So it's a great option. And I think adding on to that, we have to think of food as an, you know, an energy source to us and it's either going to hurt you or help you. So that's what you have to think about when, like, am I going to have a headache in 10 minutes? Like, am I going to have a sugar crash? And I think once people get that idea about what food is supposed to support us, it can help with the better decisions of what you're feeding yourself. Yeah, because you you have the opportunity two times, three times a day, however often you eat, to give your body what it needs. Uh, A lot of people watching are probably more health conscious to begin with. So you've probably heard of the gut microbiome and how important that is. And you have the opportunity two to three times a day to 
feed your gut microbiome what it wants, give you the essential, like I said, vitamins and minerals to give you energy or whatever else it is. Um, so you got to take advantage of that. You do. And the gut brain connection is so, so, so connected. And it, little by little, it's more coming out, especially if you're in the functional medicine space, but you know, anxiety, depression, so many chronic diseases are connected to the gut, connected to what we put into our body. I mean, right now they call Alzheimer's and dementia um, type four diabetes because it's because of cause of sugar. Of course, you know, there's some genetic cases, but so many people are getting um, those issues because of our food. Mm-hmm. So for the average listener that's relatively healthy and, you know, has lived life and they may have some minor gut issues, but they, you know, there's no specific thing they can point to. Uh, how do you know, what process did you go through to determine what was good for you and what wasn't good for you? So I, you really got to experiment and listen to your body. And I know that sounds a lot easier than it actually is. Um, some people like to do some sort of elimination diet and you can start on foods that you know you can tolerate for a week or so. And then you can slowly reintroduce back foods and see how you feel. Um, But also there's different types of food sensitivity tests that you can get. And I've tried a couple. I I found them, some of them accurate, some of them not so accurate. Um, So it's really just experimenting with yourself and really listening to your body because your body will tell you whether something's getting digested well or it's not. Is there something that's high in nutrients, for example, that's, you know, quote unquote, good for you that just doesn't agree with you? Um, not necessarily. Maybe I'd, I'd say grains every now and then, um, depending on what kind. Uh, and grains can give a lot, a lot of people problems. I know the whole keto and paleo communities are grain free. Uh, so... I occasionally can get problems from that, which, you know, people say are, it's, it's really nutrient dense, a lot of vitamins, a lot of minerals. Um, but yeah, that's about it. Because we've had some people in the past, I, I guess you, they're probably, maybe they're ODing on kale or spinach, but uh, leafy green, you know, vegetables tend to, you know, cause people some problems, um, but they don't want to get rid of them because they're high in nutrients. Yep. Yeah. I've, I've read a lot back and forth about specifically spinach and some of the anti-nutrients that it contains and can definitely cause some problems for people. Yeah, because kale and spinach are both high in sulfur. And Mm -hmm. yeah, sulfur helps you digest protein, but a lot of people are sensitive to sulfur. So I'm one of them. And so I used to have kale every day in the smoothie. And now I'll occasionally have it, but I know, okay, if I have kale one day, then I'm not going to have spinach the same day and I'll uh, space it out. So back to what Kyle was saying, it really is, you've got to do your own research and it's kind of trial and error. And doing um, food sensitivity tests, I think it's great if you do it with a doctor because they'll prescribe the right test. I feel like there's so many tests now on the market that you can just buy on Instagram that are not accurate. They're not good. So if you want to go down that journey, definitely find a doctor that you can work with and get those tests that you get through a doctor. Yep. To kind of walk us through a typical, you know, daily diet for both of you. Yeah. So, um, like I said, you know, always try to eat real whole foods as much as possible. Um, so usually I'll intermittent fast normally until 12, one o'clock. And I'll do some sort of normally some sort of smoothie um, to start my day um, with some berries. I'll I'll always try to do some sort of fat like avocado, coconut oil, coconut butter, something like that. And then I have a few different protein powders that I like to use. Some are whey-based and then some are plant-based protein powders. And protein powders is kind of a a tricky area in terms of ingredients just because there's a lot of garbage in protein powders. So you really have to read the ingredients and watch out for that because some people may be eating a protein or mixing a protein powder in their smoothie or water or whatever it is every day. 
and they notice it's giving them problems, but they have no idea which one of the ingredients in the long list of ingredients that it is. Um, so just kind of a tip there, but so protein, fat, and then I'll try to add some sort of fiber into my smoothie. So chia seeds, flax seeds, um, and even vegetables, probably not kale or spinach, but something like cucumber or something else like that um, to get your fiber in. So I'll do that around 12 or one o'clock. And I try to keep my lunch light, um, just makes it easier to digest, gives me energy throughout the day, that kind of thing. So I'll normally have that for lunch and then dinner will just, it'll be, it would be pretty simple. I would, I always start with vegetables. Vegetables should be the main part of your dish. It should make up most of your plate. So, you know, broccoli, ca cauliflower, squash, spinach, or sorry, squash, zucchini, um, all these different types of vegetables. It's, it's best to get a wide variety of vegetables. Like I was saying, kind of back to your gut microbiome, you, you need to get different types of nutrients and minerals in order to feed your gut microbiome. Um, so vegetables and then occasionally grains and then, you know, things like 100% grass fed meat, uh, pasture raised chicken if possible. And then I'll occasionally do pasture raised eggs, but um, not as much. And then for me, I also fast. So I minimum of 16 hours, I make sure I wait. Um, and then if I'm not hungry, I try to push as long as I can to fast. And then my first meal, it usually just depends. There's this combination, it's either a smoothie, like um, Kyle said, um, and I always will put like low sugar fruits, some vegetables, depending on, so sometimes kale, sometimes spinach, um, not both of them, if I haven't had it, um, past couple days and then I'll add avocado to add some healthy fats. I don't use protein powder. It just does not sit well with me. So sometimes I'll add spirulina, which is a natural protein. So that helps to make sure I get proteins in there. And then sometimes I'll have a salad. I've always loved a salad, like ever since I was a little kid. So again, I'll add some protein fats on there as many vegetables I can. And then some complex carbs. So a sweet potato, um, I used to avoid all, all complex carbs and since adding them back, it's really helped um, me feel a lot better. And then I try not to snack. If I do, I'll wait at least three hours so that your body can digest the food that you just ate. Dinner, same type of thing. If whatever, if I had for lunch, it was like more uh, protein focused, more fat focused, I'll try to do the opposite for dinner. And then like Kyle said, add in um, some vegetables, and, you know, if I have like a snack or if I want something sweet, I do um, simple meals, I'll grab something. And then a lot of times I'll add CHA chips um, and like an avocado too, to kind of add to my meal. I'm not a heavy meal person. So I try to just add different things that I know um, will make me feel better. And black coffee, I start every day with iced black coffee. It is the best way to start the day. <laughs> okay, so you're disciplined, you're cooking, you're eating all those things you just described, but you both like to have fun as well. So what does one do when they go to a restaurant? And if you are going to drink alcohol based on your conditions, you know, what do you recommend? Yeah, so when it comes to eating out, um, I mean, sometimes I'll, I'll, the safe play is going to be something like steamed vegetables or um, a, a steak or something like that, a steak or chicken or something like that. Now the oil they're cooking it in is probably not gonna be the best, but you know, sometimes you gotta just do your best in terms of that. But if you're going out to drink, um, one of the safest things I normally tell people is some type of liquor, so like vodka and then like uh, seltzer water with a lime, something, something simple. Um, and staying away from all those fruity, different fruity drinks that are most likely filled with sugar. Uh, beer has gluten if you're sensitive to gluten. I, I normally do okay with a little bit of beer here and there. Um, definitely cannot overdo it though. Um, and then I know some people are okay with wine, but I'm not, not a huge wine drinker. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's so like going out to dinner. I pretty much know what to order. I like I go to the, you know, the same 10 restaurants, so I know exactly what to order and like I don't feel sick. Um, so of course, you know, you, you know you're going to a restaurant, it's gonna be different oils. So I try to order just the same type of thing. And then if it's like a new restaurant, yeah, I usually do like I love seafood. Um, and restaurants can cook it a lot better than I can. So I usually stick to seafood, maybe a salad, uh, some potatoes. So I still stay to the, you know, obviously no gluten. Hopefully, you know, just organic dairy. I really never have dairy at a restaurant, but just, you know, sticking to proteins. And if there's a great gluten-free dessert, I usually have to try it because that doesn't happen often. And um, drinking. So yeah, absolutely. Like no cranberry vodkas or whatever, because sugar is what is going to one, give you a headache. And then it's added sugar and calories. So I would suggest um, vodka or tequila. Tequila is the easiest alcohol for your gut to digest, just FYI. So, and then yeah, with um, like sparkling water and a lime, it's very refreshing. It's good. I obviously don't drink beer. I'll have an occasional Corona because it's gluten-free. And then I do love wine, but wine is so bad for you because uh, it's not organic. So it's sprayed with so many pesticides. And then I found out the other day, I knew this, but usually if it's not organic wine, they add 40 grams of added sugar. And then a lot of wine is not even wine. It's just like a splash of wine, some random like malt liquor. So long story short, if you're gonna drink wine, try to organic or like a good restaurant because that's not. So I stick to tequila and vodka. I'll have an account, uh, some rosé sometimes, but I kind of know I can't do that every every time I drink. I don't drink every day, but. <laughs> so we've heard about this, uh, you know, raw versus cooking where, you know, you get more nutrients in, in raw food, obviously not meat and chicken. Um, is, there a, is that a myth where you're burning off the nutrients in, when you're cooking vegetables, for example? Anybody want to speak to that? So I'll just jump in. I mm -hmm. don't, I think if you go down, because you can go into like so many nuances of food, what to eat, cooking, this and that. And I feel like if you go down that rabbit hole, you're just going to make yourself crazy. I think the most important thing with that, because you're going to get nutrients either way. Some research says, more or less raw or cooked. But I think what you have to make sure is a lot of people, it makes a big difference of how you can digest um, vegetables. So a lot of people can't digest raw vegetables. So cooking them, it helps a little bit. So I feel like as a general rule of thumb, you should not go down that rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I've, I've also read a lot of conflicting uh, articles and whatnot about raw versus cooking your food and how you know a certain amount of the nutrients get destroyed when you cook it but also when you cook things like vegetables it can make it easier to digest and also it can make it uh the nutrients more absorbable by the body so it all kind of comes back to listen to your body if you can eat raw foods like carrots and zucchini or whatever and, and munch on that as a snack great N nothing bad about it but i personally like to cook my foods i just find them easier to digest okay let's do a little shopping now and um a lot of people eat eggs so kyle what's the best egg product to buy yeah so uh i guess there's there's four different types of eggs that you're going to see at your average grocery store uh the first one comes in those styrofoam containers uh and that's that's caged eggs those are the 99 cent for a dozen eggs. And that's gonna come from caged hens that have absolutely no room to move around. They're feeding on GMO corn and soy and never leave these cages really. So that's, that's the cheapest option you can get. Take a step, one step up and you get uh, cage-free eggs. Now you hear cage-free and you think, oh, okay, well, they're not in a cage. So that's great, I'm gonna buy those. But it's really not much better. No, they're not in a cage, but they're still confined to like two square feet of area. So still eating, unless it's organic, still eating uh, GMO corn and soy. We take it one step further and we go uh, free range eggs. 
and free range sounds amazing. Like, Oh, they got to be outside. They're, they're free to roam, but free range just means that they have access to the outdoors. So there could be like a little window or door on the side where they can, where can, they can go out freely, but a lot of hens and chickens, they, they like to stay together. So they'll just stay in this little coop house or whatever it is and rarely actually go outside. Now, free range, it, it depends on the company because companies have different standards for free range. Uh, I know some brands, free range means they're actually outside during the day and then they bring them in at night. And then there's other companies that say free range. And like I was just talking about, all it means is that they have access to the outdoors. But the best type of egg and the eggs that I personally eat are pasture raised eggs. This is when the chickens are outside all day long under the sun, you know, getting vitamin D from the sun, uh, feeding on grass, worms, bugs, the things that they've meant to eat. And then in turn, when we have those eggs, it's filled with those nutrients that these chickens were feeding on. Um, something I've, I've read multiple times is, and I'm sure you guys have heard, you are what you eat. I like to say you are what you absorb, but you are what, in the grand scheme of things, you are what you eat, but also you are what your food eats. So going back to um, grass-fed beef, pasture-raised chicken, and then pasture-raised eggs, what are they eating? That's something very important to look at because you're getting those nutrients as well. Just one of the egg topic. How about bacon? Yeah, so bacon's bacon's a little trickier. the The best thing you can do with bacon is organic, and unfortunately, they use a lot of preservatives like uh, sodium phosphates and also uh, nitrates in bacon. So the way companies get around that is they use celery powder in their bacon, which is a natural occurring form of nitrites and nitrates. And again, it's, it's another topic that I've kind of read conflicting evidence on. Is ni are, are nitrates really bad? Is the nitrates and celery powder the same? So I personally always like to get my food from a natural source, like celery powder. I would always go for something like celery powder over these nasty preservatives. Um, but the best you can do for bacon is sugar-free, organic, and try to stay away from any of those preservatives. Hopefully it's just pork, salt, and then celery powder. That, that should really be it. Then from a chicken perspective, you described the eggs before. Do the same rules apply to chicken? Because you see, you know, cage-free chicken now, you see pasture-raised. Is that the same, same, just follow the same logic? It's very similar, yes. So unfortunately, it's very difficult to find pasture-raised chickens at the grocery store. I think maybe Whole Foods sometimes will have it, but it's definitely not always there. So uh, normally, I would recommend trying to get it from a local farm or something like ButcherBox. They have pasture-raised chicken where you can order it online. Uh, but yeah, all very similar to the way eggs are with the free-range pasture-raised. And if you don't have access, let's say to online, you only can go to stores because you have a budget and what have you. Um, and if you're in that chicken aisle, I mean, is the second choice just to defer to buy the organic as opposed to the non-organic? Yep. So organic. So I always recommend organic, free-range chicken is is most of the time the best you can get at the store. Um, when it's organic, you know that the the chicken isn't feeding on GMO corn and soy. The reason I say that is because G, uh, corn and soy are heavily, heavily sprayed with pesticides and herbicides and all of these different nasty things that the chickens eat and then end up in your body. So organic pasture raised, or sorry, free range is the best you can get at the store. And I know you both, um, you know, try to shy away from dairy, but a lot of people drink milk still, believe it or not. So um, any advice on milk? It's honestly mind blowing to me that people still drink milk like regularly. Um, so milk, if you're going to drink it, one, drink it like once a week. Think of it as a dessert um, and whole milk and organic non-GMO. 
um, because milk is so filled with added hormones and added sugar. And then anything like low fat, fat free is taking out the nutrients and putting chemicals into it. Yeah. So yeah, like you said, pe people think people go for the skim milk or the 1% or the 2% thinking, oh, it's low fat. This is definitely better for me. When in reality, if you're getting a good source of milk, like organic or 100% or grass fed dairy, then you want those fats. Those are good fats. Those are the good omega-3 fats that you want to put in your body. Uh, so when you're getting the skim milk and the 1% and 2%, that has uh, more of the milk sugars in them and less fat when you want the exact opposite. You want whole milk, organic, and then grass-fed would be the best option. And well, I know one thing, I mean, maybe there's a lot of people still drinking milk, but there's certainly more people drinking orange juice because they think it's a phenomenal source of vitamin C and uh, gets everybody off to a great start during the day. So tell us about the wonderful world of orange juice. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a popular question we get about orange juice and different types of fruit juices. So the average juice that you're going to find in the grocery store aisles are pasteurized. So they're heated to extremely high temperatures, which basically kills off all of the living nutrients and enzymes in the juice. So people think they're buying, okay, 100% apple juice. Yeah, it's 100% apple juice, but there's absolutely no nutritious, no nutrition in that apple juice. And it's basically just sugar water. That's all it is. So <laughs> definitely, I, I definitely recommend avoiding the ones in the, in the aisles. Now, if you go to the fridge section and you try to find something cold pressed is what is normally the best thing you can find at the grocery store. So cold pressed juices are high pressure pasteurized. So basically just a ton of pressure is uh, on these juices for not long, like three to five seconds or something like that. And some of the nutrients do get destroyed, but a lot of them are preserved, which is why they have to stay in the fridge section. So if you do go for something like orange juice or apple juice or anything like that, you want to look for the words cold pressed and it's always going to be found in the fridge section and not the aisles of the grocery store. Well, certainly lots to think about and, um, you know, it's just, you know, I think people just kind of go through at times and just throw stuff in their cart thinking they're eating healthy and in reality they're not. Yeah. So uh, we always end with five takeaways uh, from our guests and of course, Tyler as well. Uh, Tyler will have you go first, but five takeaways you want to give the audience. I would say number one, remember food is medicine and just do your best and do your research to get out and move every single day. It helps mental, um, helps you just have, be healthier, happier. Three, I would say, don't get into the minute, what am I supposed to do? Just do your research, ask questions, and then do the best that you can. Four, um, do something fun, um, something that gives you life. And five, try something new. Yep, all great. Um, so in terms of, I guess, going to the grocery store, my number one takeaway would be ingredients to look for, and that's going to be, or ingredients to avoid, and that's going to be the added sugar and the vegetable oils. Those are the, the main two things to look for. They're both highly processed, highly inflammatory, and have no nutritional value to you. So if you see a product with one of those two ingredients in it, then most likely it's got a bunch of other bad stuff in it as well. So added sugar and vegetable oils is definitely the number one thing to look for when buying food. Um, kind of like I said earlier, look for real foods on the back of packages, real whole foods that uh, provide your body with the nutrition that you need. Um, three, don't follow for a lot of these fancy marketing gimmicks on the front of the boxes like we were talking about earlier, all the different diets and no calorie, no, uh, no sugar, all that kind of thing. Uh, because in reality, a lot of the times when you see zero sugar, they're just using artificial sweeteners. 
which in some cases can be even worse than regular sugar. Um, so number four, ask yourself, are these, are these ingredients nutritious? Are they providing me with what I need in order to sustain energy throughout the day and you know, uh, act the best that I possibly can? And uh, number five, I'd say, uh, have fun with it. I mean, don't be too hard on yourself. If you don't eat perfect, it's okay. Uh, if you're eating clean for the most part, that is, that is totally okay. And uh, a cheat meal every now and then, it's not a big deal. So have fun with it and don't be too hard on yourself. <laughs> I forgot to ask you, Kyle, you know, everybody of course eats bananas too. What, what, are, you, what are your thoughts on bananas? I'm, I'm perfectly fine with bananas. Um, if you're not housing five to 10 bananas a day or whatever it is, I think, I think you're personally, I think you're perfectly fine. I think there are some people that I've, I've heard go on a, a banana only diet for like a couple of days, which I would not recommend that. Um, but a banana in the morning or in your smoothies, uh, I'm, I'm perfectly okay with it. Uh, any thoughts on bananas? Yeah, I think the overall general thing, you shouldn't do overdo anything. So you shouldn't overdo fruits. You shouldn't do, overdo vegetables because even though, you know, foundationally they're good for you. Um, so yeah, I think, you know, it's fine, you know, once like in your smoothie or something. Um, and again, like how do you feel after eating banana? But if I eat a banana, it's either in my smoothie with other fats or I'll eat it with almond butter so that my blood pressure, uh, my blood sugar does not rise as high. And then also I've been reading a lot that is if you should buy green bananas, it's easier for your body to absorb and it's not as high in sugar. So mm -hmm. yeah, overall eat a banana. Um, but yeah, don't think, oh, it's a banana. So I could eat 10 a day. It's mm -hmm. still sugar and it's. Yeah. Yeah, don't house the bananas. I say wolf, but I guess I have to start changing to house now. Uh, Kyle, before we say goodbye, where can they find you on TikTok? Yeah, so if you search Clean Kitchen Nutrition on TikTok, Instagram, and we actually just started a YouTube channel. We're trying to put videos out every week of us going to the store, uh, going more in, in depth on these ingredients. Like I said, what they are, where they come from, and what they do to your body. Uh, so if you just search clean kitchen nutrition on any of those three social media platforms, we should come up right away. So. Excellent. Well, Kyle, uh, Kyle and Tyler, it's been great having you both on today and, um, maybe we'll get Carly on next time. And, yeah. uh, but appreciate your time today and keep doing all the good work you're doing and, uh, wish you both the best. Definitely. Thank you so much for having me. Great. Thank uh, you. Thanks.